Welcome to the last in the series of Radio in Colour. My name is Demarque Williams. Throughout the first series, I've been sharing the stories of incredible people who work in radio. The main aim of the podcast is to shine a light on those who aren't usually seen or heard. On today's episode, I'm joined by Amber Sandu, presenter on BBC Radio WM, WCRFM, and Switch Radio. I'll be speaking to Amber about her experiences within radio, her inspirations, and advice for young people who find it difficult to break in. So Amber, who inspired you to get into radio? Growing up, um, listening to radio every single day, I have to say the Asian Network presenters so I'm talking people like Sonia Diol, um, even Noreen, who I went on to work with, like just Asian females, like even people like, I'd see like Connie on Blue Peter. So anyone that looked like me inspired me because I was like, wow, because there wasn't, there wasn't enough. And there was, I didn't see that many. So when I did, I was like, wow, like she looks like me. She sounds like me. Maybe I could do that. So the likes of Sonia Diol, who my mom absolutely adored and on the way to school, she'd have her in the car. And I was like, oh, like, imagine having this as a job like it would be amazing so I've got to say um, Asian Network presenters because that's what I listened to growing up. How did you first start out did you go to university did you volunteer at your local community or hospital radio station or did you take an untraditional path in? Um, Yeah so my kind of way into radio was community radio um, which is, I think, quite a lot of people's way in. Um, but yeah, I've got a local community station called WCRFM, which is like home to me, like that is home. And I started there when I was 19. Um, and it was literally a case of like, um, they, we were on a waiting list and it was like, and I really just wanted to get in. I really was like, I really just want to be in a studio. And the stage manager was like, well, come on in. And I was like, I'll just do the jobs that no one wants to do. I was like, I'll read through the newspapers, I'll whatever. And um, that was literally my way in community. And I used to go in on the breakfast show before uni. So I used to go to the radio and then go to uni because it was commuting in. And the breakfast, breakfast presenter one day was just like, oh, I hate doing the travel. And I was like, well, I'll do it. I was like, I'll do the travel. Anything to get on air. I was like, I'll do the travel. I don't mind reporting on motorways and crashes. I'll do that. Um, so that was my way in. I was a tra- I would do the traffic every morning on the breakfast show. And then um, when I was at university, they didn't have a student radio. Um, and I was like, that's okay. Like, as long as I'm still getting my radio experience and I'm still loving life at WCR. Um, so I carried on and then got my sh- a slot five days a week, um, which was probably about a year or two later at WCR. And yeah, and I never looked back. And WCR is the reason why I'm in radio because I genuinely would not have had a chance of getting into commun- commercial, like your free or your signal, which were in Wolverhampton at the time because it was just, um, it just seemed so far away. So community was where I started, yes. Tell me what it was like to join Asian Network in 2019 as a production intern. Um, Demarky, I'll be honest, it was an absolute dream. Um, and even to this day, like it was a dream come true. Like when I got that phone call, I kid you not, I cried my eyes out. I bored my eyes out and I literally said to the woman on HR, I was like, you're taking the mick. I was like, don't play with my feelings like this. This isn't funny. And she's like, no, you've got it. Like you're going to be working at Asian Network. And I, I, I remember being like, this is what I've worked for like this is this is my way in and I was like and I remember thinking I'm like I'm not gonna let them down like they've they've given me that role 500 people applied for that internship um I had 
I literally, there was, I didn't, there was not an inkling to market that I would ever get it. Like in my head, I was like, I haven't got it. Like I went back to mum, I was like, I better carry on applying for stuff. Cause I was like, I haven't got that. And then to get it, I was like, wow. Like I feel so lucky. Like I was, I'm well, not even lucky. Sorry. I felt grateful. I felt so grateful for the opportunity. So working there and being there and stepping into that building every single day. Like I just felt such a sense of pride and to work at a station that I grew up listening to. There's just something so wholesome about that. Isn't there? Like, I was going to encounter presenters that I'd grown up listening to. And eventually, like a few months in, I was like, do you know why I used to listen to you? And they're like, no, you make us feel old. You make us feel old. Don't say that. And then realizing they're just normal people. They're just normal people. And listening to their journey and like getting advice from them is just, you can't, you can't buy that experience. You really can't. So being an intern there was the best year um, ever. Yeah, it was. What were some of the, projects you got to work on whilst you were at Asian Network? Um, so I actually entered Asian Network in 2019. So it was the ICC Cricket World Cup. Now I'm the biggest cricket fan. So I was like so excited about this. And I remember I started in the May and cricket, the World Cup started next month. So I was like, how do I get to work on this project without sounding like I'm being cocky and I'm really being really pushy. So I was like, I need to be involved. I was like, I need to be like, I could hear them talking about plans and stuff. So I went up to my editor and I was like, I was like, listen, like, I'm a really, really big cricket fan. I was like, I know a lot about cricket. I play it. Can I be involved? Like, is it just like shadowing? I don't mind. They're like, Amber, yeah, go on, get involved. And then I remember I literally hit the ground running. Like I was involved in um, going to the stadiums and doing social media coverage, um, reporting on games, like doing social media with the presenters and fans. So the Cricket World Cup was a massive project to be a part of. Um, I was involved in loads of like, Christmas and Diwali and Eid ones. Uh, what else was I involved in? I remember doing lots of like talks as part of like outreach work. Um, what else did I work on? The World Cup was the biggest one. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else did I work on? I didn't, and then do you know what really? It, I was, cause I was on a production um, internship. I got to do loads of social media, which meant I got to meet like quite high profile guests in the Asian music industry. So people that I would listen to on my Spotify and my Apple Music, I was actually, I got to film them. I got to do really fun, like interviews with them and things. And like, um, that was that, that, that even like working on social, on the Asian Network socials was like a massive thing for me as well. Cause I learned how to edit and film and uh, videos that I'd seen from the start to the end were on socials and they were getting like loads of views. And I was like, wow, like I'm really proud of this. So yeah, I'd say those were probably um, the main projects. Now, of course we have, positive experiences within our industry but sometimes there's also negative so tell me about some of the negative experiences you've had in the industry so far do you know what? i'd be lying to say if there, there wasn't any because i'm like i'm such a positive person and i'm just very much like oh like it's all right like it's um they're not they're not being negative but like looking back i'm like that also wasn't okay so while are you while you are an intern it is quite, it is a little bit patronizing. So it is a little bit patronizing, but you have to just take that because you're so new into the industry. And I'm very much like, I'll take feedback and I just want to do better. So that was absolutely fine. But what I found was as I became freelance and I moved into different parts of the company, um, because of my age and how young I was, it was very much like I was overlooked. I was undermined Like the way I dress as well. Like I'm very much like a dungarees kind of girl. I'm like, I wear quite bright colors. Like I, I wear what I want. I wear what I'm quite comfortable in. And I remember um, going to interview somebody and I was free, I was a freelance reporter. And they're like, are you, are you the intern? Or like when, when's the proper reporter coming? And I was like, I am the reporter. I was like, it's me. Um, but that kind of like, it's, it's, it's often comes from males. Like it's, 
uh, it's males that like they'll see me in dungarees like oh she can't she, she works for the BBC she can't be like interviewing us and I'm like well yeah I am so I, there's been instances like that um where you're just uh, kind of undermined a little bit um in terms of like the teams I've worked in I've been quite lucky in the sense my ideas have always been listened to and things but I have seen it in instances where people's ideas aren't listened to and I do find that a little bit upsetting because I'm just a bit like yeah that idea might not be fully fleshed but that's when you talk the idea out and then somebody else had something and then that, that's how the best ideas come about so I'd say they're they're probably the, the negative ones but yeah you've been deeply passionate about putting the West Midlands on the map in sessions on Clubhouse on social media and on air why do you think companies or brands are reluctant to reach out to people in the West Midlands um first of all I don't think they should be reluctant we're very nice up here you know the Midlands is lovely um but when I was like um 2021 I was like oh I need to be in London to like be successful and somewhat it is true it, it like the work rate there the opportunities you cannot deny but I think maybe it's we're just overlooked a little like we're just kind of like undermined a little bit because of actually people are like oh what's really in the Midlands like what like Birmingham, Coventry. And it's just like, actually we have so much talent here. We have so much talent, authenticity, so much creativity here. And I think we are getting on the map a little bit more like the likes of Rakeem and like Kaylee, who are two people I literally look up to are on No Signal. We've got things like the B Team, which is like a YouTube channel um, that I just like really highlight in Birmingham and like the talent and creatives in Birmingham. So I think it's just, we're kind of like overlooked a little bit, but it's nice when like there's like things like the Radio One Christmas presenter search and you can see somebody from Birmingham or you can hear somebody that looks like you. Like that's really nice. Um, because that's essentially that's why we listen to radio, because we hear people that sound like us that are relatable. And I'm not being funny. If I'm hearing a London voice, that does not relate to me. I don't sound like that. Um, so I think they shouldn't be so reluctant. I think they should reach out because actually um that's how you increase your listenership as well, right? You were part of the team that launched the new BBC Radio Wolverhampton pop-up station. Tell me what that was like and what it involved. That was the most amazing experience too. Like to launch a whole brand new BBC pop-up station in a pandemic. A little bit mental. People would call us crazy. And when they said that you're going to do this, I was like, are you having a laugh? I was like, how are we going to do this? Um, but the experience and the people I got to work with was what made that made that station there was this team of I kid you not six of us and that includes two presenters so two presenters there was two reporters including myself and two producers um, and that was the team and we did 11 weeks of broadcasting to Wolverhampton um, and it was incredible it was incredible because um, people like we were reaching out to an audience that we felt were very underrepresented um, underrepresented like their voices weren't being heard and we were launched Bradford were launched and Sunderland were launched as well and we just had so much fun like we our whole aim was just to bring a bit of joy a bit of positivity like it was kind of like the the final push like we were kind of coming out of lockdown it was like people were a bit sick of it and we were like we need to provide a bit of light in this time and I got to do some incredible things on there like I on Valentine's I went on a bloody virtual date live on air um we surprised a teacher from Wolverhampton with like Craig Revel Horwood from Strictly um I, I did like a whole kids mental health campaign about how kids mental health like young kids um has affected them during COVID like how, how they've been mentally and I, I just got to speak to some amazing people and it's the first time I've reported like I was 
an actual reporter. I was going to talk to real people. Like before then, I was just an assistant producer on Asian Network. Um, well, this time, like I was actually interviewed. I was on radio every single day, and people heard my voice and was like wow, like that's Amber reporting. And that was such a nice feeling. That's something I thought I would never do. I thought I need to have a journalism degree and I definitely don't. I don't count myself as a journalist at all, but I had to learn, like I had to learn how to make packages. Um, I had to learn like how to interview somebody and like in a sensitive way when you're talking about sensitive topics as well. Like I got to interview people who were homeless during the pandemic and people who were subject to domestic violence. Like it was such a no, I can't even put it into words. Like I didn't think I'd get that that much out of that experience. I didn't. I didn't know what I was expecting getting into BBC Radio Wolverhampton. To the point when we it came off air, it was really emotional. Like it was really emotional. I was like, I don't want it to end. Like I've had so much fun. Um. So yeah, working on that was definitely a career highlight for sure. Amber, what would be your advice for a young person who wants to break into the industry but finds it quite difficult because you know there are so many hurdles to get in. There are obviously internships and traineeships and apprenticeships, but some young people might be deterred from applying because they see people their age or older applying for those and thinking, you know what, oh, I I can't do that because I haven't got enough experience. So what would be your advice to them? My advice would be um, don't be afraid to reach out. So reaching out and talking to people is like, in, and it's called networking, but not a fan of the word networking because it sounds very forced. It sounds like there's a, a motive behind that. But reaching out to people, because actually everyone in this industry loves talking about themselves. Like we love talking about ourselves and we love to chat. So actually nine times out of 10, people will be willing to have a chat with you. So if you're finding it difficult to get into the industry, talk to people, reach out to people, email people, um, arrange Zoom calls with them. I know we're, we're still in a pandemic, um, but yeah, mine would be don't be afraid. And I'd say that because I was always afraid. Like I was always afraid, like, oh, they're never gonna reply to me, what's the point? And I'm like, but you won't know until you actually try. So don't be afraid to reach out to people and people you look up to, look at their journeys in, cause that's what I do. And I still do that. I still look at like, oh, I'd love to do that. How does she get there? Like, how does she, oh, okay. Maybe that, maybe that's a good route. Like no, no one's route is the same way in or wherever you want to be, but it can give you an idea. Right. And, um, another thing I would say is, I know it's really cliche, but don't give up. Um, there's been very, there's many instances where I've been just like, you know what, like, I'm never going to make it. It's never going to happen. But you have to remember why you're doing this and why you want to get into the industry. It's got to be for the right reasons and just don't give up. Just keep, knocking those doors because eventually there'll be a door that opens and then that door could be could that could be the start that could be the start of you getting into the industry then so just keep going with it and I know sometimes it can just be a bit like it's never going to happen but you just have to keep going um so that would be my advice Amber if you could create your own radio station what would you call it and what kind of station would it be? Ah, uh, this is a really good question. So I don't know what I'd call it. This is the thing. I try to think of a really cool name. I couldn't think of one, but and maybe it'll come to me after. But what I would love a lot, what I'd absolutely love is like a merge of Radio 1, One Extra and Asian Network all in one. So what I mean is your breakfast show, you're hearing Asian artists. You're hearing Bangra alongside Lewis Capaldi. And then I'm talking a bit of Dave. Like I'm talking all three genres made mainstream that's what i want i don't want three separate stations i want it all in one because that is how we then get because i don't think there's enough asian like music played on like mainstream stations if i'm honest and there's so many talented asian artists so that's what i'd love i would love it all to just become one 
I think that would just be incredible. I'm not sure how it's going to sound. However, I think it would bring people together. And I think it would really like people that listen to Lewis Capaldi might actually really like that Asian track. And then those Asian track, like Asian people that listen to that could be like, oh, actually, I love that tune that they just played there. So it could really bring people together. So I think for me that because I'm like, I'm torn between all three. So I'm constantly in the car, like, okay, let's just put one extra on. Oh, I miss that tune on Asian Network. Like, I just want it all together. So one station that does it all, you know? Which presenters would you have on your merge of Radio One, One Extra and Asian Network? I would maybe take some from Radio One, One Extra, Asian Network, but I'm bringing my Brum people. So I'm bringing my Brum people. I'm bringing people from Manchester. I'm talking RJ for the breakfast show. I'm talking me and RJ, double header for breakfast. Um, but that's why I'm talking, like, I'm talking like I want, I'm thinking energy, I'm thinking fun, bands, those kind of presenters who are just gonna bring you joy. You listen and you're like, I'm just gonna get good vibes from this station, like good vibes. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I would keep a few of the um, Radio 1, 1 Extra Asian Network presenters too. I've got to have not I? I've actually got to do that. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Oh, there's been so many. Okay, um, working on the Cricket World Cup when I was an Asian Network intern is definitely up there interviewing Danny Harmer, aka Tracy Beaker, and making it onto Radio 1's Newsbeat. That was incredible. Like I was on a whole Newsbeat. That was mad. Um, and third one, covering shows on BBC WM, because it was the first time I'd presented on a BBC station and I cried my eyes out. So those are my three. <laughs> Thank you to Amber for such a great conversation about all things radio and diversity and for being my last guest on this series of Radio and Colour. Catch her every Tuesday evening from 7 on WCRFM and every Saturday and Sunday from 10am on Switch Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure you subscribe to the Radio and Colour podcast and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio and Colour. Be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and all episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you to Charlotte Tahira, Mary Manderfield, Andrew Charles, Kaylee Golding, Swazi McCalley and Amber Sandu for being such brilliant guests and allowing me to share their stories. Radio in Colour is presented by me, Damar K. Williams. Join me for Series 2 later this year where I'll be going behind the mic and asking the all-important question why are black, Asian and minority ethnic presenters and producers still underrepresented in our industry? I'll be back with a special episode looking back on Series 1 in a few weeks' time. I've had such a blast making Radio in Colour and I can't wait to come back for Series 2. But until then, as I always say, take care and bye for now. <laughs>